0: Hi everybody, it's the A to Z podcast, Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott, on most of your favorite social media platforms. Shouts as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, shouts to you guys for listening. If you're new here, thanks for coming. Uh, We do like to give a quick disclaimer, which is we get excited, we venture into mature slash immature subjects, and occasionally say four letter words. So if that's not for you, or if there are kids around, or if you're in a work environment, we don't ever want anyone to get in trouble for listening to A to Z. So put on your earbuds or come back and see us at another time. Listen to us, I guess. Thank goodness. I, I always have a face for radio, Dre, but especially right now. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. How are you doing? Um, tell you what, I'm going to start this thing off with something to embarrass myself because <laughs> I'm just old uh, and I'm hurting. And these are things like this is something I usually would not disclose in my life. But I think I have to because it'll make me feel better. And I want to I actually want to smile on this podcast, um, even no matter what we end up going on, we talking about. So um, we got one of those showers in our house where like you got the double head showers like his and hers or whatever. Um, Before you think this is going to be sexual or fun or anything like that. Two people have never been in my shower at the same time. Uh, But I usually like running both the shower heads at the same time um, because that makes me feel like I've earned something in life. So my wife obviously has a lot of hair, and my daughter has a lot of hair, and my daughter has taken taking, taking showers in, my, in our shower recently. And it drives me, and any man that lives with a woman, uh, their wife or girlfriend or both or whatever they, the situation may be, in West Virginia it could be your sister, however that works, um, I, it drives me insane. And my wife is the one that cleans the house and keeps everything like it. and usually I'm, I'm the child in our house. She's usually got to clean behind me. Correct. <laughs> what drives me insane when I find hair in the shower, in the drain, and it just, it's just it just—it happens. I, I get it. it. Their hair clumps up, and it gets in the drain. So yesterday, I knew I had a Zoom call. i talk about life in 2020. I had gotten off a Zoom call. I was working on a Zoom call for something else. I was debating about um, what I wanted to eat because eating is important, right, and, and what food I was going to take with me to work. So I'm warming up some food. I'm making some chicken in the, um, in the, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm making food. So I run in the shower and I got to get in and out of the shower in 12 minutes because I've got a, a Zoom call that starts in 18 minutes. And if you know me, and Zach does, I told Zach we were going to start recording this podcast 30 minutes ago and we just started. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I, I run on my own time schedule. We call it CP time, color people time. I don't want any of y'all jokes for any crowd. you know, you racists. We, we do what we do. Everybody's got their own time level. So I race up into the shower. I'm not paying any attention. I get frustrated when I turn the, the shower heads on, and I look down, and there's a clump of hair in, like, the drain. So in trying to grab soap and grab, like, a washcloth at the same time and put, uh, and put like, the stuff on my – uh, put the uh, the soap or whatever on, I try to kick with my left foot I try to kick the hair out of the drain because I'm like pissed and I'm like I'll clean it out when it's done I go to kick that foot out yesterday and somehow someway my other foot wasn't very stationary and it looked like I stepped on a banana pill and the next thing you know my ass is laying flat <laughs> on my back and for those and for those that are old enough to remember the old lady with the fallen I can't get up
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> commercial uh, it was a little bit like that I literally had like a it probably was like, you know, five seconds, but it were like 30 seconds of me laying on my back with the shower heads both coming down on me and the water hadn't warmed up yet. So it was like Chinese torture drill or water torture drill just hit me in the face and hit me all over. And for a second, I was like, I'm really not going to be able to get up. And, I, and I'm like, I'm too fucking huge, too big to fall in our shower and the noise that it made. Somebody in my household is going to come up and check on me. Cause my dad had been over and like my family was over down they're all outside sitting on our deck eating. So I'm like, somebody's going to come up and check on me and make sure I'm okay. Nobody came to check on me. So I come back down after, you know, I take a shower and I'm like, did anybody hear that? And my wife goes, yeah, AJ said he thought he heard something fall, but he figured you'd be okay. (laughs) Point of the story. My back is absolutely killing me today. Like I've, I've got a heating pad. I haven't been able to sleep on it. Um, and that's welcome to 42 years of age. I suck. I have no balance, and my back is broke. I need a back-y out of me, backyatomy. So,
0: <laughs> so life is difficult for us getting back to work, right, after this time. So <laughs> I think it was a week ago today, but I'm not sure. Uh, the first time we were allowed to go watch the Browns, it wasn't even a real practice. But anyway, you know, the schedule was set up. These are when the Zoom interviews are, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I mean, I've left the house, Dre, but not that often. And frankly, right. since March for work reasons I've I've gone somewhere twice and one was completely on my own just to snap a couple pictures for a story you know I walked around a place and didn't talk to anyone and one was way back in April when I went out to interview a draft prospect and I think I talked about that on the podcast how it was so weird you know no handshake yeah. no no nothing you know sitting on the front porch all, all this so anyway I, you I had, had a couple good places
1: good thing you weren't there, there when the FBI showed up
0: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> So I had a couple of places I had to go one Cleveland direction. And so I just, I just waited until I already had to go to Cleveland last Friday. Right. So right. did a couple of things, pull in a dollar general near where I had to go get something. Uh, I forget what it was probably No, it wasn't Matt. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Do the zoom calls, you know, from the dollar general parking lot, go to get on the turnpike. <laughs> And I was like 0.6 seconds from going the wrong way on the turnpike because I'm just not ready yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we avoided that one. But I think on the third day, whatever day, the crazy day that Nick Chubb got hurt and practice kind of ended quickly and fell apart and whatever, I left Berea without my backpack because oh. it, was, it was just so weird and I'm just not used to doing what I've done. For 20 years Right Right. So I'm driving down 71 And I Go to reach my wallet Because I need to stop And get something to drink And I look And my backpack's not there So I get off 71 And have to go back And then it's like A nine step security clearance To get back through So Um, shout out to the guards who were understanding and probably like you're an idiot is this your first day on the job no it's my 20th year thanks for asking (laughs) but (laughs) had to go go back around and get the backpack so what's normally a 50 minute to an hour trip at that time of day and challenging became. yeah it was basically like i drove home from columbus before i got home from work so (laughs) so yeah so we're all a little rusty um we we got a couple things to talk about but I want to tell this story. Sure. So this is Friday morning slash early afternoon as we're recording this. So the, the Browns are uh, you know, about to head to week two of camp. Today is an, an off day. So this morning, uh, I've just been kind of getting some things in order because, as you mentioned, this, this week's been weird. It's been great um, to, to be back to work and doing what I like. And You know, if you listened, um, you especially know I love training camp because we actually get to watch football and report it. When the season starts, we don't see practice. And what we do, or what we used to anyway before COVID, we weren't allowed to write about. So I was going through some some notes and stuff, sorting out a couple other stories I've been working on. And I just, I wanted to tell this because I think this this says a lot about the football culture and some stuff that's going on. Um, This this coach I've met along the way uh, many years ago was a high school coach at a pretty prominent school um, in the South. And I'm not going to say which one. I, I don't even know which one. I don't know which state he was in at the time, but he's a Southern guy and had moved around. And he had a player, a five-star recruit, getting recruited by all, all the big boys that you can imagine. And, you know, all the coaches that you see on TV had either been in his office and he took this player or he went along with this player and his family on a visit to one of the schools. And, you know, they did the whole after the game thing and stay the next day and meet everybody in the office. So he gets back to his school on Monday and he gets a call. And he says, Hey coach, this is so-and-so from, uh, you know, coach so-and-so's office with l- l- met you over the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Everything good. So yeah. He said, what, what we do here is coach has a prayer board and, um, you know, we just, we really like you and, um, we just want you to know that, you know, every day we get together for, pr- to, to pray seven or eight of us here in the office. So if you got anything or anyone you want us to pray for, just let you know. Coach says, all right. So about three, four days, same number ring, same time of day. He says hello. He says, "Hey, coach, it's me again. Just wanted you to let you know we're about an hour away from doing our our daily prayer session. So, um, you know, if, if you can't come up with it now, send me an email or a text later. Anybody or anything you want us to pray for, we'd like to do it." So, he says this goes on about one or two more times, and uh, three weeks later, the kid commits to another school and he got dropped from the prayer board. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> God don't like you no more, you went to the wrong school
0: <laughs> And, and, and I, I, that'd be better as a visual story And the reason it, it occurred to me this morning, Jerry, as a visual Like, you've seen my second grade handwriting And so when I, yeah. you know, I'm going through these notebooks that I keep So, like, all of a sudden there was three stars drawn on on the one. And it was like Coach So and So. Well, he's not a head coach now. He, he was a head high school coach then, so I'm like, I wonder why and I started circling that story. That, that prayer circle. <laughs> so it's go to ADZPodcast.com, and if you'd like us to pray for you, we will as long as as long as you have stuff for us.
1: <laughs> we'll pray for all of you. <laughs> that is fantastic. And- it's, and it's, that's just the perfect story Because that's how it works I mean, That's exactly how it works And, 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 we love and, you. and, and I'll tell you we this We'll pray for you
0: I, I thank, thank you um, In a few months Both when my story's done And when we get into college football Or don't have college football We'll see I will sh- I will share the full story um, I'm just kind of protecting some names On a couple of things now And, and it is what it is um, I, I do want to start there Look guys the Big Ten has, has not been good with its messaging, right? Uh, it, has, it has hung the commissioner out to dry. The commissioner has not been great and, and even though it's not on him, he is the voice. He is the face, right? And wherever you stand on this and we're all certainly disappointed, um, you know they, they were not clear in laying out what their reasons were for why their findings are different than others, right? And maybe they don't have to. Maybe they do. But, like, to the, to the parents, and I understand you're upset, but, like, letter writing did not get uh, my seventh-grade girlfriend to reverse her decision to dump me, and it was not going to do this. This is not a decision that was taken lightly, guys. This isn't making Ohio State play a Friday game. This isn't Maryland playing Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State in three straight weeks, things that just happened. Like, nobody wanted to cancel the Big Ten season. But the presidents and the lawyers said – that the season had to be canceled. So like I said, I'm not telling you how to feel about it. I just, I listen, I read and the, the anger and the bullshit. And unfortunately this isn't new directed to the commissioner of the big 10. Like let's, let's get a grip here guys about what's really going on.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. What's Zach said. I'm not, even, it's, it's not even, it's, it's pointless for me to say much on this at this point in time. So I'll just go off. What's Zach said. um, there's obviously people with more information, more intelligence than we have. I understand parents. Um, I mean, as a parent, you want your kids to have it all. Right? And it's really unfortunate when your kids can't have it all. And a lot of times, and I'll admit this, and, and this, this fits for me, um, I, I, you know, it fits for anyone in any situation. it's doesn't happen just to be, you know, a Big Ten. I think we see this a lot in our world right now. Um, we react differently when we have some skin in the game, yeah. right? Um, and if your kids... You know, your kid's senior year, your kid's junior year, and I get it. We, we can get on this podcast, or you can write, or I can tell stories, on, and I can go on the radio or whatever, and we can make fun of the the parent that, that, that you know, overextends its stay, the parent that overextends it and talks about little Johnny at 12 years old, or out of Hoban or, or wherever else. But most of the parents of, of children that are playing sports, or especially in the college level, are pretty decent human beings that are proud of their kids. That have you know dedicated a lot of their time for their kids to get where they're at. So I understand. Um, and you want to fight as a parent? You you're willing to do anything for your kids. Some people are willing to pay for their kids to go to college so all the way till they go to prison. Um, you know, rather than make little Johnny actually learn how to read a fucking book.
0: Yeah, it's amazing it, what parents yeah, will no, do for their kids. Right, Dre? Like, look, if if your kids were in twelfth and tenth instead of second of kindergarten, and kindergarten, in their oh. seasons, whether they were tossing batons, right, or playing soccer right. or playing football or running cross country or whatever, you would be livid, you, you would be on be edge, and, yeah. and you would, if their season at wherever they went to school was canceled, you would be exhausting absolutely every option for that to be either overturned yeah. or where they could go do it. I get it, right? I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, guys, where we are in football and in life with this, because we have not defeated it this many months, the Big Ten presidents said no football because the Big Ten lawyers said, We are not taking on the liability of one kid, right. of one coach, of furthering this terrible amateur thing that we got going, that everything's against us, but we're <laughs> hanging on for dear life. Like, yes, the, the commissioner's out there and that's his job. I'm sure he makes a ton of money, right? But nobody wanted this and he didn't choose it. He didn't. So, like, the tweets and, I mean, and the calls, like, come on. Go
1: ahead. I mean, let's be honest. When you get a cushy job like the president of a Big Ten school or the commissioner, I, and no offense to these guys uh, because they're all getting called out now because of the, what's going on in our world, that's a pretty cushy job to make a lot of money and just say yes or no and sign off on shit, right? Right. Like nine times out of ten. In most years, when you have that job that Warren has, that is a job that's pretty cushy. Um, you get to travel and go all these places, everybody kissing your ass, and now they're all having to work. And it's amazing how many of these commissioners are getting pushed out, or how many commissioners don't agree with the board, or don't agree with that board, or agree with this this legislation, or don't disagree with don't agree with these parents. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, these cushy jobs ain't so cushy no more. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, suddenly, that's right. Suddenly, they got to work.
0: That's what you <laughs> sign up for, right? Like, right? I mean, every commissioner, right? A pro sports, there's a legacy of good and bad, right? Like mm-hmm. Roger Goodell has taken his poundings and and you know deservedly so and a lot there's been a lot of no hypocritical stuff, right? But Roger Goodell works for the owners and the owners are making more TV money than ever and the season's going on because yep. the game's got to be on TV, right? Like yep. Adam Silver, you know, has done some things that they're not for everybody and we'll see where it goes from here. But they pulled the bubble off pretty darn well. Right. Like he's yeah. out there. Adam Silver does not make every decision. I, I, I'm sure Adam Silver does personally talk to LeBron, to Kevin Durant, to the guys that matter, certainly to the owners, all of those things. But there are 30 people that work for Adam Silver that go through every layer of everything before he makes any decision. Correct.
1: Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, the commissioner of baseball is the worst commissioner of all time. We all know it. But Do you hear any of the owners complaining about them? Because the commissioner yeah. t- likes the job, right? The commissioner takes the front. They do sure.
0: the dirty work. No, it, and that the same thing yeah. in the situation with the Big Ten. Right. I'm just saying, like, the the look uh, – I guess I'm trying to say this. I never expected the Big Ten to play football, right? The look that the Big Ten has put out there by canceling when the other ones are saying go. It, when Ohio State's coaches are tweeting incessantly we want to play. When, when, when the Big Ten is tripling down, making its thirteenth different announcement that we're not playing football, and Gene Smith is saying, yeah. "We respect the decision, but we're working real hard behind the scenes to get it overturned." Like the messaging is bad, <laughs> right? Like, oh yeah, the vibe yeah. is bad. Well,
1: you know, you say that, and it is. But and I and I said this to Nick Camino the other day. Um. I would still go off of this, and I know it's not to be a popular thing to say, but back in March, when this all started, and obviously things have changed, but back in March, when this all started, you know, um, the smart people, and I have asked this on the last podcast, I don't know if I did or didn't, but the Ivy League was one of the first to jump ahead and say, we ain't doing this, right, in basketball. They're like, we're good, and because it's the Ivy League, and because, you know, intelligence, and because education, and it truly is, I mean, you get a you get an athlete that makes it out of the Ivy League on and, and the professional level every once in a while. But I think we all agree that it's probably the closest thing to true amateurism. The Ivy League didn't hear – and then now I don't follow Ivy League schools. I know I probably should if I want to work in a front office in baseball, but obviously I'll pass that and I'll just talk shit about them. Um, the Ivy League, not many people complain when they are like, you know what, we don't see this as safe. Best way to do it, we're no banks. Matter of fact, we're just going to try to move football to the spring – We'll see you guys later. Didn't hear much pushback with that, right? The Big Ten does it, and suddenly it's like the end of the world. Now, get, don't get me wrong. Now that it's kind of happened and, and it's and, and they've said it, and I've had to, like, take it in that we won't have Ohio State football on Saturday, that is a hard pill to swallow. I, I'm, you know, it is. Yeah. But just, it, it really. I mean, I don't know what sep- – September is usually one of my favorite months. You know, October, I think for all of us. And I think some people hear us talk about this, and they think, like, we're happy about it. I'm not. I'm not. It's, it's going to be the weirdest. I, like, I get, I'll be honest. Even, like, with the bubble basketball right now, and it's been okay. It's been, a nice, it's been a nice deterrent from what we had. It's still not the same to watch basketball, playoff
0: basketball in August. Maybe it's just me. It just feels weird still. It feels weird. Yeah. Well, listen, Um, they're not going to start till at least like right around Christmas, right? And we don't know that they're even going to be back in arenas, so it feels weird. But get used to it, right? Yeah. Like wearing a mask to a football practice feels weird as hell. You're used to it. You being the only person sitting in the stands for a major league (laughs) baseball game feels weird as hell. I bet you're used to it by now. Yeah, yeah, I'm used to it. You ain't (laughs) lie. I mean, yes, that's where we're at. And look, I, the Big
1: Ten—did they do the right thing getting in front of this act? I think when we look back at it, two, three months from now, probably because if the SEC, ACC, and anybody—I mean—is the Pac—and this is an honest question—I'm being honest—I can't keep up with everything. Is the Pac-12 going back, going through the same backlash that the Big Ten is going through?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I probably not for one, and for two, I mean, not not to not to the level. But for two, like, right. this is part of the Pac-10's problem. Like, they're off our radar, right? Like, right. SC right. had those – I mean, SC's been good for for 100 years. I'm not trying to kick on SC football. But, like, 15 years ago, SC had the team that everybody in college football stayed up for to watch every single week. And since then, no doubt. they really haven't, right? <laughs> like, yeah, and
1: that's a shame. Because yeah. the Pac- to me, the Pac-12 should be just like the Big Ten. Um, and you're right, it was nice to have USC – it was nice to have, you know, even Washington has given us, you know, decent football for eh, for about, you know, like for 20 years or so, they've been a pretty – but they don't – it's so bad. I mean, we make fun of watching Pac-12 football now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we'd love to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, just, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, in this reactionary world that we all live in and that we're all a part of and we all got to give our take five seconds after something happens. Um, I think in the long run, the Big 10 Pac-12 may look and feel good about their decision because if the ACC, SEC, and whomever else has to follow suit and they have to do it a, you know, a week before games are supposed to start, two weeks before games are going to start, don't you think the backlash is going to be worse and the egg is going to be more on their face if and when that occurs?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if these seasons go on, then – the arguments I've already heard about the Big Ten falling behind competitively are valid, right? If they pull it how off, so? Um, how so? What's that?
1: How do they fall behind? I mean, I mean, so if they don't play, a, and I'm asking, I'm not even like being argumentative, okay? But is there a real thought? Is a real thought process that if the Big Ten doesn't play football and the ACC does, the ACC competitively is going to be better? Because I don't see that.
0: Yeah, see, no, I I disagree because Justin Fields is maybe the. Maybe or probably the best quarterback in Ohio State history on talent, right? Well, we agree he's okay. probably played his last snap if the Big Ten doesn't play. This yeah. Right? yeah he, does. he does. And so I think for Ohio State, which is a freaking machine and could fund Mac football by itself with what it spends on <laughs> athletic tape, right?
1: It does. <laughs> that, that's going
0: to keep churning. But I think from Michigan State to Indiana to Maryland – not having football. Northwestern had a player the other day say, I'm not playing in the spring. I'm training for the draft. He won't be the last. I think. No, 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 no. I think if – I mean, put it this way, Dre. There's a lot of – let's talk in TV terms. There's a lot of TV inventory out there with the Big Ten and the Mac and the Pac-12 not playing. Yeah. Right? And and a lot of TV inventory out there, period, because even the SEC is not starting until either the 19th or the 26th. I'm sorry I don't know that, but – at least two weeks behind, maybe three, right? Right. Well, ESPN has moved the BYU Navy game to Labor Day. We, Labor Day is where we met Jameis Winston, right? Yeah. Labor yeah. Day is where Braxton Miller played wide receiver, and those Virginia Tech dudes still have not left their apartment after he spun them out of their ankles, he's, right? He's
1: still hit the C button. The yeah. second
0: week of the year, the CBS 330 game, which would be Georgia, South Carolina most years. BYU plays. <laughs> yeah good for it,
1: it, I know I get what you're saying good for BYU good for yeah. if they get there I'm saying good like
0: if Pitt, I, if Pitt has a season and Boston College has a season and Miami has a season I'm talking you know ACCs here I I, I, I just think that for recruiting reasons and visibility reasons and development reasons, did they, did they have a chance to jump way ahead? Maybe not in the grand scheme, but certainly in the next 12 months over the Michigan State's, the Indianas, the Maryland's.
1: Okay. Um, and I'll admit, when, they, this, when I first brought this up, I was thinking of the higher tier of Big Ten schools. And you're right, the lower tier Big Ten schools, and I don't really want to put Michigan State as the lower tier. Um, they may have some struggles, but you hit on something that I think will keep them relevant. And this is what it really comes down to anyway. I think the money and the funding that the Big Ten generates, especially in the bigger, in the Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, hell, Michigan State's in there too. Um, That funding, and let's just be honest, if I go recruit a kid from – if I go recruit a kid that's in the prayer Circle down in Texas, (laughs) and I go recruit a kid in Virginia, and I go recruit a kid at Massillon, all probably places where they're getting paid really well in high school, I'm pretty sure if I show up with a Buckeye jacket on – it's still going to be pretty relevant. No for doubt.
0: Most of those kids. No, listen, they're right? a factory, and you know the swoosh and the history and the way they've recruited, they're going to be just fine. Right, six games, eight games, no games in the spring, they're going to be just fine. Right. But guys go there, Dre, thinking three years in the league, thinking the first yeah. round. So yeah, even losing one or two of those guys is a little halt to the machine. Right. Wait,
1: I'll, wait, I'll say this, and I'll say this in agreement with you. There already is a closeness to the the bottom tier of the Big Ten and, say, the ACC and, say, the DYUs, right? That's why the mid-major has become the mid-major in college football and why we will watch a mid-major on Tuesday, Wednesday, and we'll watch a, a Big West game, a Saturday night that kicks off at 11 o'clock, and me and Pete are, are high-fiving all the text messages that we can watch a game till 2.30 yeah. in the morning. I, I, so, okay I, I guess I, I will do this And I don't do this often I can disagree with my first comment By thinking of it that way But I saw that happening anyway, right? Like, we, these Power 5 schools That we're all in love with And, and the Power 5, you kind of can say Makes the world kind of rotate In college football, yes. right? But really, it's only three schools Per Power 5 conference That make the world go round And the rest of them going into 2020 to me we're closer than they've ever been before.
0: Well, it's like the Power 5 or 6 programs at this point than the Power 5 than the others. Right. Right. So, like the probably two two three things I'm going to bring up with Ohio State. One I already brought up Fields, he's probably not going to play um, you know all the talk, whether it was made up or not, about them dropping a hundred on Michigan and all that stuff that supposedly was said a few <laughs> weeks ago. Like with Fields, that was possible, right?
1: Like, hey, in, in real life, keep your thought. In real life, if they would have put a hundred on Michigan. There would have been death threats.
0: yes, everywhere like that. Was- sure, sure. So, <laughs> number two. So, all right, I lost. I lost my train of thought here. Okay, what number two. I just- <laughs> Ryan Day is really, really good and has one of the best jobs in America. But if he thinks even a little bit of competitive edge is lost and he gets a call in January from an NFL owner.
1: Uh-oh. 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 Damn, Z.
0: <laughs> right?
1: That would, be, that would be the movement of movement, though. You like For him to go from almost unknown four years, and I'm not saying it won't happen, because look who the head coach of the Giants is, um, but for him to go from relatively no name so what, one year at Ohio State, sit yeah. out a year and come back? That would be the story of stories. And nowadays it wouldn't blow me away. Um, I didn't even think of that. Here's a, let me ask you this. Well
0: Our hang on. Ten coach, but are like, big ten
1: coaches are Big Ten coaches getting paid?
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a funny world. I'm though. quite sure <laughs> I'm quite sure all of them took a cut at some point. Right. Maybe maybe not Nick Saban and Dabo. I'm quite sure the Ohio State coaches yeah. did. Whether there was a two-week furlough or a 3% cut or, you know, whatever, I, I don't know. And for this – if I was writing about it, it's different than talking about it here. Right. I'm okay. just saying. Remember, it was like five years ago on this podcast. It was this time of year, and we were talking college football, and I said, all right, bet me right now. Do you want Alabama, LSU, and Ohio State, or do you want everybody else? Right. And, like, um, yeah. Clemson has put themselves in that everybody else, and they've obviously been phenomenal, and they won it, and then last year they made the title game. and Whether they should have or not is relevant to this discussion. For many years now, and it's certainly the second game here I'm going to list, but the college football season from a national perspective, not you being a Buckeye fan or being a Stanford fan or, or a Kent State fan or whatever, it's Oklahoma-Texas right because you know the winner has a chance the losers probably out it's Alabama LSU which is huge it's Ohio State Michigan and in between it's been Ohio State's games that matter Alabama's games that matter Clemson's games that matter and then LSU not every year but most years right right so you though you all of those programs i listed are still playing and Ohio State's not playing there is something. Yeah. lost I, oh, yeah. people I will be dying for Ohio State, Michigan.
1: Machine, Ohio State to yes. be a machine. Yes. Yeah. Unless, unless, there's a you know earthquake that shatters the that like, that makes the you know the stadium go away and the players all go away. And it, I just don't. I, now, if this were to go for two years, possibly, but yeah. I just don't see in one.
0: No, you're right, but the layer of the we, unknown is what makes it scary as hell, right? Because Ryan Day could leave. Because we don't know if there's going to be six games, eight games, no games in the spring, and then getting to next fall, we just don't know the landscape with who's eligible, who goes to the draft, who's no longer eligible. Um, you know, what what amateurism, who's in what conference. I, I don't think anybody's going anywhere. I mean, Nebraska was always full of shit. They weren't walking away from that fifty million in Big Ten network money, right? But like, the threat of that is there.
1: I mean, we got cut off, but all I'm, we're both getting at, I think, when we really look at this, is I don't know where the Big Ten goes from this. I think the Big Ten – I think Ohio State will always be Ohio State at the end of the day, whether they play um, in September, whether they don't play until next September, whether they try the – I don't know, I want to say idiotic thing of playing in the spring. Whatever may happen, happens. I think they'll be okay. Now, Zach, you you, you pushed me to think about what happens to the Northwesterns of the world um, because – and the reality that we all have to get to and, and all I think we realize, this is all financially backed. And to me, you know, like I heard Jay Phillips earlier today um, talking about, you know, college basketball teams trying to bubble themselves up, trying to get in the bubble. Well, why? Because it's not amateur sports because it doesn't bring amateur money, but they need that millions of dollars. Those millions of dollars are needed on those campuses. These TV... Um, these TV, these different TV channels, these ESPN 18s and these SEC channels and all these other channels, they need to be filled with sports of kids that are getting an education and getting free room and board, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So they're going to try to figure this out. Will it change the landscape a little bit, Zach? I'm sure you and I will look back on this a year from now, two years from now and say, remember when such and such school was one of the big boys. And now no longer
0: is. Yeah, d- during my seven-minute ramble, the point I was trying to make is I completely agree with you that Ohio State will be Ohio State. However, Ohio State right now is national title or bust. And you take one season right. away from them, an inevitable showdown against Alabama, Clemson, or whoever else it may be, right? Probably one of those two. And right. you just you, le- you leave the door open. Speaking of dynasties. Let me ask you a question.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you, a question. <laughs> okay. I ask you a question. I've been thinking about this. I haven't thought of remembered this all the way through. I was breaking up. Um, you make a great point about the big games for each team that are the big dogs. Is Clemson truly one of the big dogs if they don't have one of those games? Like, Clemson don't got a game in the ACC, or Clemson don't play a game every year that's make or break.
0: Yeah, I think they've tried to the last couple of years. And, you know, down there, their rivalry with South Carolina is everything. Mm-hmm. It's just South Carolina has not been good. Um Right. If they're
1: good. They're not great.
0: Right. Right. You
1: know, they have a good defense. Not, no, quarterback No. Or, listen, that, you know. that's
0: part of college football, though. And that's part of what part of the division here is that college football is still so regional. Right. Although I think yeah. the SEC is more in our laps than ever before, um, you know, for several reasons. But like everybody's path is different, you know, and um, right. it's it's why it's hard to pick four teams the end it's why i don't think the product gets better if you go to eight or 16 because most of them don't really have a chance would there be an upset along the way sure would we love to see an sec team have to come play uh in december in january in the snow against a big 10 team yes might that affect the results i don't know we'd have to we'd have to see that um to know lsu came to lambeau field a couple Years ago, and got run off the field by Wisconsin. That was the first game of the year. You know, yeah. shit happens in that. Um, so, yeah, I, I still, it is regional. It is different. Uh, everything's different. I, I mean, listen, from an attention standpoint, we'll be watching, assuming it goes on, right? I, I don't know where the Indians yeah. are tonight, but I can guarantee you, you know, you go to Cleveland either way. I can guarantee yeah. you. If Utah was playing Washington State tonight at 11.05, the ass would be up till at least the third quarter watching that game. Right? No doubt.
1: No (laughs) doubt. No (laughs) fucking doubt. Matter of fact, you're making me mad talking about it because I want to be up and doing that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, speaking of dynasties, I've been at Brown's training camp for a week. Um, You know, my writing's (laughs) out there every day. You know, guys, we haven't seen a ton. You know, uh, normally at this time of year, August 21st, they're ramping down. The preseason stuff. Now they're they're just getting into the introductory stage. Um, it's been mostly ugly. That's completely understandable. They went three days in pads, uh, all time restricted. They went one day without pads, and today's the mandatory day off. So I would say on Saturday and Sunday, I would expect hard practices, intense practices, and important practices because I got to make that leap. The coaches use the days off to determine who's coming up or down the depth chart. And the players use the day off to protect their bodies. They're going to come out and hit in the next couple of days. So uh, it will be interesting. Unfortunately, the story of the camp is the dumbass hit by Mac Wilson, who oh. kind of grabbed Nick Chubb, went up high. Um, I did see the play. I knew it was awkward. But frankly, you know, I didn't think it was super malicious or I didn't think that it was a big deal until I saw Chubb talking to the trainers and then walking off five or six plays later. So... I wasn't there,
1: but when you grab a guy around the neck in practice, yes, it's it's, it's idiotic. Period.
0: That is the and star <laughs> running back. Just pat him on the ass and keep running. You're an NFL linebacker, right. Your Coaches can see some other day that you're tough, right? And hey,
1: Matt, and Mac, I know, and I, and this is me, and and, and this is the one thing I, to, I I have to do because, um, in our roles as reporters and what we've done in our career, I never want to be a guy that talks out of my ass. I'm not there. I, I I've seen video. I've read about it, and I've read I'm like I'm like a lot of fans when it comes to this team, which I don't mind being. And I've read all the quotes that Mac Wilson wants to prove that uh, you know everybody that they're not the the Browns' linebacking core is so much better um, than what's been repeated. And I love a guy that's motivated by the critics and wants to prove that you know a unit of the team is better than what everyone is, is so-called says. But hey, Mac, let me let you in on something, bro. Uh, hurting the star running back of day one of, of, of camp. Is not going to get you a better write-up in Sports Illustrated or The Athletic uh, next year for having the strongest linebacks and core in in football. Um, and this comes from, and I don't know Mac Wilson, and I don't, and I'm not going to talk about him like I do. But the one thing I remember is this kid is ultra talented. But Nick Saban, who usually, I mean, Nick Saban is about Nick Saban. Let's keep it real. Yeah. But the <laughs> one quote I remember from Nick Saban when he left to come for score was. Mac is very talented, but he's not ready. He's, you know, maturity-wise, he's not ready to be a pro. It's basically, and I'm not verbatim what Nick Saban said, but that's basically what I got out of the quote I read from Nick Saban. And when I see this situation, hear this situation, I hear him barking leading up to camp, talking about how great the linebacking core is going to be, and, and he's going to make sure of it, and then you make a play like that, it kind of plays right off of what I heard Nick Saban say a year ago about him.
0: Yeah, um... <laughs> We know last year that the Browns had maturity issues across the board, right? So right. it's it's disappointing to to have that. Um, you, you know, you hope Chubb will be all right, and you would think he'll be back in a week or so. It's just the guy you're planning on carrying the ball 300 or more times now has a concussion. So that means the next one.
1: Uh, uh, right. He's, uh, yeah, it's bad. And here, unfortunately, is this um, – you always get into the conversations about, um, God, I want to use the right words because you're right. Perception. Yeah. Regardless of how we try to funnel this story in, the perception is on your first day of, of camp of a new coach in a weird year where you're trying to bring everything together, you're trying to make everything as normal as possible. Unfortunately, your, your beginning narrative is, we're back to square one our best player can't perform and can't practice and can't learn this new offense can you overcome that absolutely yeah is it more difficult to overcome with with all the newness that they have going on and i don't care they're human beings in the back of your mind kevin Stefanski isn't going yes chubb is out and now wilson's out those are usually things that people like zach jackson will be writing about at the bye week um here goes another Brown season. Here comes – you know, like – and it started on day one of camp. And I hate to be the negative Nelly, but the teams that usually have positive seasons don't start off with idiotic, immature stuff like this.
0: Yeah, you got to have um, your you know dudes I mean? first and foremost. You got to have your dudes. Right. right. If you have your dudes in November, you have a chance. And I think the one – well, a lot's different this year, Dre. And there's still levels of unknown, even though, you know, they're off to a good start with the numbers and everybody being there and, you know, few right. – the top line players opting out, and basically fewer opting out than I think a lot of people believed would honestly um this Brown's team lost like thirty some practices right over mm. months, and the zooms were great, and you know it's the fancy's handled it great and all of that so this is about a team that starts to find itself in October and November and then shows real progress. No one thinks they're winning the Super Bowl, right. Is the talent there to break the playoff streak? Some days I think so. You're going to need a lot of luck. You're going to need a lot of maturity. You're going to need to really improve. But I don't think we're going to get any read on that. There's always strange results early in an NFL season. And, you know, in retrospect, week one's result last year wasn't all that strange because the Titans went to the FC Championship game and the Browns fucking fired everybody again, right? But (laughs) I I think this year you're going to see strange results in week one, week two, week three, and week four. And for the Browns specifically, and, and I will be clear about this in my writing and my talking and my tweeting and everything, I am way more interested in week six being better than week two and the growth in week five, six, seven, eight, and how that parlays not only to November and December, but to the coming years here as, as maybe this team grows up and grows together. I, I mean, Dre, when I look at the roster, there is more proven NFL production on this roster than there there's yeah. ever been, right? Jack Conklin, right? You bring in Sendejo's been forever. Carl Joseph, who's a first round pick. Austin Hooper, and by the way, is that dude a horse? My goodness, I didn't know he was that big. He's super impressive. You know the receivers who have done this. Kareem Hunt's now your running back in practice. He's a former NFL rushing champ. But it's all (laughs) new. The scheme is new. These guys. I mean, Jimmy Haslam does a Zoom last week and says he didn't meet some of the assistant coaches. He's been paying them for seven months and didn't meet them till last week. Like. Everything is new. they got to get it. And eventually it will be about the quarterback. Is this the right coach? Was the gamble the linebacker? Like, all, they'll be the normal questions, the normal arguing points. They'll win one they shouldn't. They'll lose one they shouldn't. All of that. But I really do think there's a chance to see growth. And I don't think any – even though I'm doing it every day, so hear me out on this. I don't think any real evaluation of this team starts until – like October fifteenth. That's just an arbitrary date, but that's an approximation. That that's what I'm saying.
1: Sounds about right. They have has to be used to not knowing people we pay. pays, oh, he pays sure. a bunch of
0: coaches. That don't
1: <laughs> coach. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm just curious of what I'm curious of what the product will look like. Um, come is it three weeks from today? Three weeks. Three from weeks Christmas from or? from
0: Sunday. Yeah, three weeks from last night is the opener. The Chiefs and the Texans. Yes.
1: Right. I'm very curious. Outside of the Browns, and you put all the Browns characteristics and things they have to go through, you 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 say those well. I'm just curious what the overall product will be. And I and I was gonna say that when we were talking about college football. And we're Jones and, and this is a conversation we can have about what's going on now in front of us with the sports that we have. Um what will that product look like with no, you know and coaches all coach football differently when it comes to pads and hitting and how much you hit and how you hit. And obviously, I'm putting down Mac Wilson on the on the hit he made uh, on Chubb, and I'll admit I'm I'm I don't like running backs getting hit. It's part of like I just I'm not am not for it. And I love Nick Chubb, but, and I'll admit, so I'm probably harder on Mac Wilson than I would be if he would hit a Hooper or someone else because I just don't like it, and I like Chubb. Um, but every camp's got to figure out how to get their guys ready, right? So I'm curious when you click that TV on, and look, most of us won't give a crap on week one, but if you have a bunch of games that are 6-3 to three going to halftime or going into the fourth quarter, comes four weeks from now, is that best for the game? Because I'm going to say this baseball-wise, because that's what I do every day. Um, I guess We do have baseball, and it's great to have sports back. It's awesome. I don't know if the game has been awesome. I'm just being honest. Sure. Basketball. What I've watched, you know, some has been all right. I told you it has an AAU feel. And maybe that's me saying that because of you know just the setups that they have and whatnot. Um, but sometimes the defense. And now that the playoffs are here, maybe maybe I'll bite my tongue on this I and mean, we'll see. We'll see. The lake. You know, maybe it'll look more like playoff basketball as the, as we get down to the final eight, final four teams. I just don't know if, if we're getting what we're used to getting from these professional sports so far. Yeah,
0: and listen, if it was about what's best for the game, the NFL wouldn't be starting in three weeks, but it's not. It's about having ready for that first TV inventory that first night. That's right. what it's about. Right. Absolutely. We've, we've long established that. And, again, we, we could go for two hours, and we'd probably honestly – I don't know we could go longer than that because we would need people who know stuff from – from a medical and a legal standpoint, Dre. But we could go on the college football thing on the whole campus is closed, but you want to play. You know, we could go way right. deeper into the Big Ten says this, but the SEC says it's okay, right? The, the Mountain right. West says no way, but the Sun Belt says we're going to go. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> it, so all, all of that is out there. And, like, I knew the NBA would be... Watchable and exciting for two reasons. One, we hadn't seen it. And two, those guys are so skilled that once they found their legs, right. it, it's not going to be normally... It's not refined, right? But, right, you know, the, the the stars have been the stars. And they've all had an off night or whatever. But my God, like, more people are seeing Luka Doncic than they would. And that's good for the long-term health of the NBA. No doubt. Right? Great point. Um, Great point. And, and those guys are just so good. And eventually, you know... Eventually we'll be sitting here saying Patrick Mahomes is so good. Kyler Murray is so good, you know, but do I think in the first three weeks there's going to be some absolute ugly games and it might be week one game one for the home team and for the Thursday night game and for the Monday doubleheader, which is going to be played in front of no <laughs> fans. Sure. I am totally with you on that being likely not, not just possible, but likely. Um, but that, you know, that's, that's what it's going to be. And teams are going to have to adapt and it's going to be staying yeah. healthy. It's going to be, you know, being creative and, and getting the most out of guys. And it's going to be maturity. We've been saying that over and over again. Like, I completely believe that players on the Cleveland Browns and across the league right now are doing their thing and they're going home and they're going to sleep and they're going in their playbook and whatever. Because this is new and this is challenging. It's all in front of them. But in three weeks when the full body fatigue, you know, yeah. when the rosters are cut and the comfort level sets in, just when you get back to normal life, of a 25 year old millionaire, <laughs> we'll see.
1: Yeah, you yeah, you make a good point with that, and I hope. I think right now the motivation. I mean, you would think the motivation for everybody is to stick, like you said, stay in the playbook, get ready, take care of what needs to be taken care of. Um, I think you appreciate the opportunity after all being stuck at home and doing Zoom calls for right. four months. But like you said, <laughs> what happens when I've made the team and suddenly I'm getting the first big check of my life? And you know, my boy Pookie just came through, and he's got some some sticky icky and some girls coming through. Um, we shall see then who's mine. Or I got to be in the new Drake video. I got to you know I got to show out and get my hair cut by my boy and fly this person out, fly that guy out, put some fly ass pictures on Instagram.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We shall see what the temptations are and what they do. Yes. Uh, when a couple of checks start coming in. So, so speaking
0: honest, of that, and speaking of Zoom meetings, players don't
1: get players. Wait, yeah. players don't get checks until the regular season starts. Everybody remember? Correct. That. Correct. Players they, don't act an ass until they start getting them checks.
0: Correct. Um, speaking of Zoom calls, I got one with my prayer circle in seven minutes. And speaking of guys that need to grow up, let's do the baseball <laughs> minute and get out of here.
1: You—that <laughs> uh, was the only thing you had planned for this whole podcast. <laughs> hey. um... I'll say this: They've won six in a row. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Hasn't always been pretty. Goddamn Shane Bieber is unbelievable, and I'm mad that he's only going to get 60 games because I would love to see what he can do for our entire, you know, 30 starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he wins the Cy Young Award this year, which is very possible with the start that he has, does it mean the same or feel the same? Uh, probably not. You put a you put a little asterisk next to it, but man, he has been phenomenal, and what his growth has been, and what. He is, as a leader, and what he is kind of showing the other guys that haven't completely grown up in all their decision-making uh, makes him stand out even more. Um, it's pretty interesting, and I think this is something that we will have to see with other players. Francisco Lindor has always handled everything so well uh, with his maturity, with the, just in everything that he's done in his life, and he's made everything seem so easy. And I'm not saying this attacking him. I'm saying this is someone that has know him for a pretty long time. Um, He just doesn't seem like the Frankie that we all know. Um, And maybe it's the frustration of not getting off to a great start. Maybe it's the pressure of being not only the face of the Indians, the face of Major League Baseball, the face of ending racism, the face of trying to stand up for every race, every creed out there. Um, This virus and what it does to families and what it does to people um, from, you know, areas that he's from, I just see a kid that's carrying a lot on his mind. And I say this to everyone out there, especially the younger dudes out there listening, enjoy your youth. As you get older, you get more things that, bar- that are more barriers, you get more things that you have to think about and care about um, that can weigh you down. Um, and I'm not saying that completely about Frankie, but that's what I look at with Frankie. That young youth, that exuberance that we all have in our young 20s, um,
0: well, it's fitting that you got cut off Because your youth is long past Enjoy while
1: you got them, boys <laughs> Yeah, enjoy them while you got them Because I've got to go put a hate pad on my back And hope I don't limp around the ballpark all night Looking like I'm 52, not 42 Yeah, so
0: <laughs> let, let's get into this on the next podcast But I hate the talk of anybody that wins anything this year, team, individual, that it's te- – because, first of all, you could easily make the same argument that it's tougher this year given the circumstances. And, secondly, like, those are like lifetime and career things. The game keeps moving. The business keeps moving, right? You know, and, and next year is next year. And, again, in some sports, we don't know what they're going to look like, what they're going to be structured like, when they're going to start, or are they going to have full seasons. Eventually, we're going to get back to normal, and this business keeps moving, and it doesn't wait for anybody. So – Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, you guys, for pushing us to do this. Um, We will do this as often as we can here You know, with the Browns camp schedule and the Indians schedule and trying to watch the NBA and doing all that stuff. So, shouts to American Fireworks. Always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Shouts to Honeymoon Grill, to Scene, and to you guys. Thanks for listening. For Andre, I'm Zach. We'll talk to you soon. Pray for us.